forward to getting back this Sunday. We were praying for you last week. We are now in one of the most wonderful times of the year. I love Christmas. Man, I'll tell you, it is phenomenal. I mean, there are so many things, uh, especially in society today, that just are constantly reminding us that we are in the holiday season. And, you know, the radio stations are playing worship music. Have you realized that? I mean, you can be walking around Walmart and worshiping God now because they're playing Christmas carols. And some of the original Christmas carols, if you listen to them, have more worship music than our contemporary worship that's on our Christian radio station. Seriously. I mean, have you ever heard the song, The Holly and the Berry? And it talks about um, the, the red berry represents the blood of Christ and the, the uh, leaf of the holly represents the pain that Christ... Uh, this is all going on as you're walking through the mall. You know, when they sing the Hallelujah Chorus, even if people don't have a relationship with Christ, they're still praising God. They're singing praises to God. And I love this time. You know, there's always been this taking... Uh, Christmas out of the Christ out of Christmas, but as long as we're singing those old carols, away in a manger, oh come let us adore him, I mean there will always be Christ in Christmas, because those words are so very, very powerful. There's also great Christmas specials on right now. And I'll tell you, every night there is a Christmas movie on. Have you noticed that? I mean, you've got to find a non-Christmas movie station now. But there, there's great ones. There's some good ones that actually the kids and I enjoy watching. And, and it kind of becomes a little tradition for us. And, and there's one that is kind of in particular that I'm going to be honest with you. Originally, when I first saw it as a kid, I did not like it. But it's, it's Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And, and at first, you know, as a kid, it, it scared me. And, and as I started realizing, there's quite a message in that. You know, I'm a guy, and, and sometimes guys need obvious reminders. You know, ask Kristen. Man, she's great at reminding me about special things and birthdays. Man, I remember hers, mine's, and two of the three kids. But I'm not going to tell you which of the third one. But, you know, I, I, I constantly need reminders because I, I deal with so much all the time. And sometimes some of the best sermons that I have ever heard that stick with me are something that remind me of when I see it. You know, a couple years ago when Verizon was doing that, Can You Hear Me Now? Do you remember that series? The commercials were everywhere. And there was that big uh, group of supposedly Verizon people that would always be following you wherever you were on your cell phone. And, and when God showed me that that's what I have spiritually, every time I go somewhere, I'm taking a host of angels with me. Man, that just dawned on me. Man, every time I saw that commercial, I remembered I had a host of angels walking with me all the time. That there's more with me than those that are against me. So I needed little reminders like this. And so this, this December, I'm going to be doing a little small mini-series on, it's called A Classic Christmas. And I'm going to be taking three Christmas movies that we are very familiar with. And I'm going to be showing you how they represent the gospel. And that when you watch these, if you take notes, you're going to be thinking, I remember Pastor Mark talking about this. And it's going to give you a whole new dimension on these three stories. In fact, I'm going to tell you next week is how the Grinch didn't steal Christmas. Okay? Just in case you like that movie, come bring your friends, bring your own popcorn. But you know, it, it shows that when we watch this, you're going to watch in a different perspective. And today I'm going to be talking about Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. 
And today's title is actually A Real Christmas Carol. Because I'm going to actually parallel two stories of what the, the movie actually consists of, if you haven't seen it in a while. And secondly, what the Word of God is telling us about our relationship with Christ. And it will be very interesting as we go through this. If you do not remember Ebenezer Scrooge, he was a, a very intimidating character who only lived to make money. Do you all remember that? That was his number one goal. He didn't care about people. He didn't care about religion. He didn't care about people, even the family that he had being his nephew. He cared about just money. And if you remember the story, Jacob Marley is his partner through many years, and he comes to visit him that he is going to be visited by the three ghosts of Christmas. And Marley's already met his doom in that we see that effect But in essence, this whole movie is that Scrooge is given a second chance. And that's really what Christmas is all about, that God gave humanity a second chance. So we're going to see this as we go through today's story. What was real interesting as I was looking at and and as I was preparing this message, I even watched it the other night. Even the Muppets have a Christmas carol. If you, if you, you want the G version of it, watch the Muppet one, but... When Bob Marley came back to visit him, you know, it reminded me of the rich man and the Lazarus story in Luke 16. And do you remember this, that there was a rich man and there was a beggar outside of the rich man's um, home who would only live off the scraps. And, and the, the beggar dies, Lazarus dies, and later that day, the rich man dies. This is in Luke 16, if you get a chance to read this. It's a great little passage. But the rich man is now in torment, and he looks over and he sees the beggar now in paradise with Abraham. And he asks if, if Lazarus could just dip his finger in water and touch his tongue, because the torment was so bad in hell. And they said, no, we, 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 there's not going to be any contact between this world and that world. And then he said, would you send... Lazarus to go warn my five brothers. Do you all remember this? He's saying because if he sees somebody from the dead, surely they'll change their ways. And God's answer was no. He said, I've sent the prophets. They have the word of God. The Holy Spirit is there. It was very similar to sometimes what we wish we could change in our past. And as we're seeing in this movie, Bob Marley comes to, um, to, to give him a, a warning about his brothers. So if we are looking at this, Indeed, there was really one way that Scrooge was going to receive any news, and it was going to be through the shock therapy of these three ghosts. His first action, though, if you remember, even after Bob Marley comes, is that it's an action of reaction of refusal. Do you remember that after he leaves, he said, oh, it must have just been a piece of undigested meat. Now, I've had some bad dreams. I've had some experience. I've never blamed it on bad food before, okay? But his first reaction was refusal. And it was really interesting to me is that even in today's world, there are people that you're going to be meeting, that you're going to be sharing the gospel with, you're going to be sharing what God's doing in your life, and the first reaction that they have is refusal. You think about that? I mean, have you tried any evangelism lately? Have you even tried sharing a dream that God's placed in your heart? This is what God's really dealing in my heart. And they're like, oh, that doesn't, that won't happen. You'll never accomplish that. You're too young. You're too old. You're too rich. You're too poor. You don't have the right gifts to be able to do that. People will constantly try to tear down the dream that you have. But it's always about refusal. Refusal to believe or accept. And Psalm 78 verses 10 through 11 tells us this. They had not been faithful to God's promise. 
They refused to follow his teachings. They forgot what he had done, the miracles that had shown them. And what that's saying is that when success is coming into your life, and Ebenezer had success in one area of his life, and that was money. He wasn't spending it, but he had money. And with him, that gave him the power and wealth and the ability that he made himself happy with. But he refused to accept that there needed to be any change. When pride comes into our life and we feel that we're making our own way, we're a self-made person. We don't need God. We don't need other people. I don't need family. All of a sudden, we have a hardened, callous heart. And that's what happens when we start ignoring God and taking God out of our lives, when we take God out of our schools, when we take God out of the workplace, when we start sending holiday cards instead of Christmas cards. Man, yesterday I watched for a few minutes the, the, uh, the holiday parade in downtown Dallas. And it was all about Santa, and it was all about reindeer and everything, but we had a holiday. And then they said, oh, and today we're going to go light the holiday tree. Now, I don't even know what a holiday tree looks like. I know what a Christmas tree looks like, but I don't know what a holiday tree looks like. But you can see that there's just a subtle move to remove the word Christ from anything that has to do with celebration of this holiday season. See, they're willing to accept your Santa Claus. They're willing to accept all the other things, but they don't want to ever talk about Christ. Because Christmas is actually a holy celebration about the birth of Christ. So don't mention that word to me. And I'm telling you this because what you're seeing in reaction is, is the world saying, I'm refusing to accept your Christ. I want everything else at this holiday. I'll take the days off from work, absolutely. And we'll light the holiday tree. But I don't want to talk about Christ. And man, as born-again Christians, our whole world should be focused on Christ. So it's important that we see this passage. Also during this time... Ebenezer saw how far he had fallen. Now, last year, Disney actually did a uh, remake of this, and it was actually very good. It was all done by Jim Carrey. Most of the characters were by Jim Carrey. In fact, I have a small clip that I want to show you. It was the trailer that was shown in the movie theaters. But right in the middle of this, there is a passage that the narrator says, and I want you to be listening carefully. It says, what, it's going to be in here, what if you were given a second chance to get your life right? This holiday season, the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future will give one man that chance. I want you to hear this as we're playing this trailer. Gentlemen, you ready? Wow. Now that was pretty much the whole movie. Did you see how trailers give you a lot of the story? Bah humbug. Did you hear how the narrator said, how would you like it if, you had a chance to do it all over again. And you know, that's really what the Christmas story is. The Christmas story is a chance of a second chance. It talks about how God sent His Son to this world to give humanity a second chance. That's what the story of Christmas is all about. And then the story is so similar to what we're about to cover here. First off, I have three main points to this message, just like in the movie, Christmas past or our past. And as you know the story on the Christmas side of Scrooge, he spends a lot, the first scenes that we see is that he is a lonely schoolboy in a schoolroom, and it's Christmas time and all of his schoolmates have gone back home. But he stays there with a book because his father has basically disowned him because Scrooge's mother died in giving birth to him. And because of that pain, the father did not want to have anything to do with Scrooge. 
So he would keep him at the boarding school year round. And you see the scenes of him growing up lonely, alone, longing for family, longing for friends, longing for acceptance. And all we see is the loneliness of this individual. And it's amazing when we see the pain of what Scrooge was going through. It reminds me that even today there are thousands of people that when you mention the Christmas season, it's very painful for them because of the broken relationships that they have. Because their, their family has disintegrated to a point that what used to be good memories are now painful memories. What used to be a time of hope is now a time of despair. It also has become a, a financial crunch for some people, wondering, how am I going to meet all of the responsibilities? How do I outgive my family? How do I outdo certain people? There's pressures and there's responsibilities. The season gets so busy with all of the families and parties and things that are going on. You know, Kristen said, we've got to have this Christmas party so early because everybody has Christmas parties early. Well, I said, well, then what is everybody doing around Christmas if everybody's meeting early? But, you know, we, we, we try to oblige everyone's schedule. And it's just such a hectic time. But even today, there are so many people that have a difficult time because of the failed, broken things of their past. They cannot see the, the joy that is here today. And if they had that opportunity, in, the, in their darkest despair, to be able to go back to Bethlehem 2,000 years ago and to actually see the birth of Christ and to see the angels rejoicing and what was proclaimed that in the city of David a Savior was born... A Savior was born. And if you could have been there with the shepherds when the angels declared the glory of God and the host of angels sang, everything that you would be dealing with today would instantly disappear because of the glory of what we would see that had to be for the birth of this baby. That is amazing when we would see that we read it in such one dimension, but when we place ourselves there, the glory and the spectacle of that. Could you imagine being in that dark shepherd field when the angels and the host of angels showed up and started singing glory to God in the highest? That would radically change your life. It would be the most important thing probably we'd ever see in our life. And this is what happened when Christ came into this world. Luke chapter 2 verses 10 through 14 tells us this. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I have good news for you. A message that will fill everyone with joy. Now first I've got to stop it because you know me, it's hard to go through a whole passage without just talk, stepping every scripture. But look at what he was saying. I have good news that should fill everyone with joy. Not just this section. You guys are going to be filled with joy. You guys are going to really like it. This group over here, mm, I'm not sure. No, everyone will be filled with joy when you understand the significance of what happened that night in a, in a stable. A Savior was born in the city of David. Let's go on. I have good news for you. A message that will fill everyone with joy. Today your Savior, Christ the Lord, was born in David's city. This is how you will recognize Him. You will find an infant wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a large army of angels appeared with the angel. They were praising God by saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those who have His good will army of angels appeared. Can you imagine seeing an army of angels appearing, declaring that this baby that you're seeing is going to be the savior of mankind? And 
innocent, helpless little baby that's not even being born in a palace, but is being born in poverty, is going to save the world. Could you imagine trying to comprehend all that's happening at this moment? And then if you were brought back to the current present situation that you had, do you think that any of those things would compare to what you just saw? It's amazing when we look at what Christ had done when He came to flesh. Because of His birth, and because of His willingness to die on a cross, my past is clean. You see, my own works would have been filthy rags. I could have never worked my way into heaven. The sin that I was born into, the things that I did, the lies, the, the things that I've never been proud of, that when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, He removed all of that and cleansed my past. Now, the Satan, your enemy, will always try to remind you of, of your faults and your past. But you know, you, that's when you have to renew your mind and say, that person's dead. I'm a new creation because of Christ who lives within me. So it's important that our past is clean. The pain and sorrows, the rejection. I have acceptance with the Most High God. My broken relationships have hope. That's what this whole church is about, is understanding the potential of what Christ has given all of us through His Son. Our hurts are wrapped up in His love for us. One of the most common passages that we all know is John 3.16. In God's Word translation, I love because it said, God loved the world this way. He gave His only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not die, but will have eternal life. That is the hope of Christmas. God gave. That was God's gift to us, was His Son. Man, God could have given you wealth. God could have given you beauty. God could have given you popularity. God could have given you influence. The most important thing He has ever given me, though, was His Son, to die on a cross, because in my own strength, I could not have done it. So it's important that we understand our past. Realizing that we are sinners and that we need a Savior. Psalms 130 verses 3 and 4 tells me this. O Lord, who would be able to stand if you kept a record of our sins? Who would be able to stand if you kept a record of our sins? You see, I think today's society sees that God is just this great bolt of lightning ready to judge us for everything that we've done wrong instead of seeing Him as a forgiver and a savior of our sins. They're ready to see the condemnation of God and not the love of God. They're ready to see the, the, the power of His, his uh, judgment. And what He's offered us was forgiveness and peace and hope and healing, and joy, and strength. That's what He gave us. God so loved the world that He gave. You know, Christmas really is about giving. It's not really about receiving. Now, when I was a kid, it was all about receiving. You know, I mean, honestly, I'm going to be honest. Every day, I hated socks. You know, I just think that I got ripped off when I opened up a box and there were socks. It's like, what kind of gift is this? You know, I wanted toys, not socks. Did, I mean, come on. Somebody's had to open up a present you were a little disappointed with it, right? We were talking this week about the worst Christmas gift ever received, okay? And I'm not going to mention it because that person might hear this message. But I, I, offline, I'll tell you the worst Christmas gift I ever got. I had to look at it. I had to figure it out. It was homemade, but I had to figure it out, okay? The point being, though, is as I get older, I even told Chris, I said, I really don't need anything. God has blessed me with so much. You know, after, at a certain point, how much is too much? Right? 
I mean, we all have clothes in our closets. We all have, hopefully, transportation that we rode. Some of you had breakfast, some of you didn't, but that's probably by your own choice. But we have so much to be given. But as you get older and you start getting experience in love, it truly is better to give than to receive. There is joy when you give. And you know the kind of giving that I love is the giving that I don't get credit for. That man, when you give and the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing, what the Word of God says, because sometimes we can get caught up in the giving ourselves. Look at what a great thing I've done. Yes, this whole thing is because of me. But when we truly get the heart of giving, it's not about getting the credit now. I have learned that I would rather get credit from my Heavenly Father than a thank you from y'all. Because I'll tell you what, He has ways of blessing me more so than thank you or accolades or awards or trophies or anything that they could do on the TV. And that's really about a heart of giving. And we've got to see that that's what Christmas is all about. The second point, though, in the message and the story is Christmas present. Our present, our time right now. And what becomes very obvious in the, in the Christmas carol is that Scrooge is a product of his history. He is living all of the hurts and pasts that has made him the man that he is today. We all are. Man, your childhood. If I got a chance to sit down and just talk with you, and I started asking you questions about your mom or your dad or your cousins or aunts, uncles, how you grew up, where you grew up, the city that you grew up, all of a sudden you'd start realizing that all of that formed pretty much who you are today. Maybe you're sarcastic by nature because you grew up in a family of sarcasm. Maybe you're a merciful person because you grew up in a very merciful home. But we truly become products of our history. And the second spirit visits him to show Ebenezer what his life is truly like in the here and now. The first place that they go is to Bob Cratchit's home, which is his employee. And what he sees in Bob Cratchit's home is a home of poverty that he has created. Remember, he, had a, he was ways of wealth, but he created poverty in his employees. But he saw that Bob was still willing to give a toast to him. That love was still flowing in that home of nothing. What he saw was that even though they had nothing of material gain, he had, they had happiness and peace that he didn't have and that his money would never buy. They also show him his nephew that year after year, if you remember the story, is always inviting his uncle to come visit and spend Christmas with him. And he refuses consistently because he had no time for family. He didn't want to have anything to do with anyone else. And then the scene happens that they see... His life and the emptiness of all that's happening, and it starts to realize that he truly is an island. He's seeing the emptiness of what's happening throughout his life. The, gross, the ghost of Christmas present also shows Scrooge exactly the hardness and callousness of his heart, that he didn't care about the poverty, he didn't care about the people around him, and despite all that is shown to him, people still loved him. These two individuals, his nephew and his employee, still loved him. And that is a promise of Christmas present. Our gift of Christmas present is that no matter what we've done, Christ still loves us. That no matter how bad we've been, how greedy, how selfish, how rebellious, no matter how much we reject him, God loves us and never gives up on us. Do you realize that God never gives up on you no matter what you are doing? 
That His love is not conditional. You see, we grow, we grow up in a conditional world. If you will do this, then I will do that. Right? How many of y'all just went to your employer and said, I just want to work for free. You know, I mean, not even, don't even give me benefits. I just want to show up and just bless you with my time and make this company the very best. Mm, it doesn't really work that way, does it? If they pay me, I will work for them. You know, unfortunately, that also works in our relationships. If they love me, then I will love them. Isn't it true? Isn't that a lot of way that we are? That no matter if we try, you know, you hear a great message on Sunday and you say, this week I'm going to fast complaining. Do you all remember that one? Yeah, I heard about it. Even during the Cowboys game, you guys fasted complaining. Amen? Yeah, I heard some confession on Tuesday night. But you know, the thing of it is, though, is we have to be overcomers based upon who we are in Christ and not what this world has to offer us. That's how they're going to know that we have Christ inside of us. That's how we become givers. Because we can love the unlovely. Do you understand? It's easy to love the lovely. It's easy to loan to those you know will pay you back. But man, when you start loaning to the poor and giving to the poor, it says that you're, you're, you're loaning to God. And God pays great interest. I'm going to tell you. You want to start changing your world. Start doing things for people that aren't expecting your goodness. That aren't expecting your grace and mercy. In fact, somebody who probably doesn't deserve your forgiveness. Why don't you overlove them this holiday season? Christmas is exactly what that says, a holy celebration of Christ. But unfortunately today, a lot of people have stopped Christmas being about Christ. And it's now about self-indulgence. It's about extravagance. It's about materialism. It's about money. It's about my three best friends, me, myself, and I. You know, there are so many... Now, I just, if, you, if you have a little homework assignment and you are watching TV this week, I want you to watch the car commercials. Okay? Honda has the holiday event. There's another one out there, Winter Extravaganza. I mean, they've, said, they've come up with creative marketing, never to say Christmas, okay? And what they're showing is that if you give this gift, oh, people will love you, Okay? I want you to see how they have removed Christ from all essences of their commercials. In fact, just this week, when you're watching commercials, see how many times they mention Christmas. Because what they've done is they have removed Christ from this. Christ and Christmas and the manger has nothing to do with them anymore. How many times do you walk in a retailer and actually see a nativity anymore? Whether it's, unless it's for sale at Lowe's or Home Depot, and they're wanting to sell it to you. Do you understand? We as a society are trying to remove Christ from Christmas more so than just what they're doing in in radio and, and emails. It's important that people understand. And the Christmas story is the exact opposite. The Christmas story is the opposite of about the receiving of great things. And it's all about giving. It's about Christ who left the riches and came into poverty. Do you realize? He came from perfection into a world of imperfection. He left the glory of heaven to come into a humble place, knowing his destiny in life. God so loved that he gave. He came not to be served, but to serve. 
Have you realized that? That Christ came to serve. And yet, serving is not really a great topic that a lot of preachers love to preach about. Man, how many of y'all want to be servants this week? Yeah, that's what I thought. See, thanks, Blair. I know you're rubbing your hair, but I'll take it as a hand. The point being, though, is <laughs> servanthood is not something we really want to talk about. Mark, man, if I start serving, people will take advantage of me. And I've been taken advantage of. And I'm not going to let anyone take advantage of me anymore. Remember what I told you earlier that we are products of our history? And yet Christ came to give us a second chance. It's important that we understand there's a certainty of Christmas present. Romans 5, chapter 5, verses 6 and 8 tells us this. Look at it this way. At the right time, while we were still helpless, Christ died for ungodly people. Verse 7, finding someone who would die for a godly person is rare. Maybe somebody would have the courage to die for a good person. Christ died for us while we were sinners, and this demonstrated God's love for us. Do you realize that God came into us at our worst moment and loved us? Not when you get your life straightened up, when you get cleaned up, when you can carry a King James Bible under your arm, then God will love you. That is not the message of Christ. The Holy Spirit came into the filth of my life and invested and said, I'm going to live here and I'm going to guide you and direct you towards the truth. And man, when I made that decision to receive Jesus Christ, empowered me with more power than I've ever experienced in my life, brought in more hope than I ever could have created in my own world, gave me more peace than this world will ever offer me, gave me a greater high than Jack Daniels or Coke will ever be able to provide in my life. Because what you're seeing is that Satan has an imitation for every good thing that God ever created. The thing about Satan's thing is it wears off. Man, as long as I stay in Christ, I get renewed every morning. I get renewed every morning. That's why my favorite scripture when I start off says, This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Because what I'm saying is I'm declaring today is God's day. Today I'm going to give rejoicing. No matter what happens, God, you are in control of my life. Not outlook. Not my calendar. Not what phone calls or emails come in. No matter what the financial situation is, God, you are in control of my life. And that's when the peace that passes all understanding will guard my heart. We don't see a lot of peace today because we're not putting the priorities right. But when you start the day off saying, God, you are number one in my life. And no matter what happens, I will praise you. No matter what the circumstances are, God, I will praise you. Then all of a sudden God says, man, there is somebody that I can truly work with and work through and do phenomenal things. Because they're not looking at their circumstances, they're looking at their provider. So it's important that we understand. We also see that Scrooge, as he's going through his life, is realizing the emptiness. My third point is the Christmas future and our future. In the movie, the Christmas future does not have a face and does not speak. And it merely points Scrooge as to where the Spirit is leading him. And he sees the worn down struggle of his employee now without Tiny Tim. Because Tiny Tim has died because of a lack of proper medical care. Scrooge also visits a man who has died in his sleep. And the chambermaids are, are kind of stealing things before the undertaker happens. 
We also see a conversation happening out by the street of two men discussing whether they should even have a funeral because no one will come. And the one says, well, maybe I'd go if they had a good meal. What it's actually coming down to is a message that I preached a couple weeks ago about leaving a legacy. See, he was seeing that he had impacted no one in his life. He'd lived a very self-centered life. He impacted only himself. He only accrued for himself, and he had no one in this world that would even grieve when he passed. There are a lot of people out there today that are focused only on themselves. Only on themselves. We live in a very selfish world. And Scrooge is seeing this as this spirit is leading him. And all of a sudden, Scrooge has a revelation that this life is but a vapor. Now I know for the younger kids, you're thinking, man, I've got my whole life ahead of me. But overall, life is a very brief statement. First Chronicles 29.15 tells us this, We are here only for a moment, visitors and strangers in the land of our ancestors before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. And this is when Scrooge realizes that this life on this earth is very brief. Our ability to make an impact on other people is very brief. See, a lot of times we want to get our life strained up before we try to help anyone else. And God is always in the process of cleaning us up. Let me tell you, God still has a process in my life. I'm not who God wants me to be completely, but I'm not who I was even a couple years ago. God is continually growing me and strengthening me and teaching me to become more and more like Him and less and less like me. And you want me to be more like Him and less like me. So it's a process. And Scrooge sees his reputation as being a a penny-pinching, mean, hateful, self-centered old miser that no one really wanted to have anything to do with. And he sees that he would die miserable and alone and that his life would have accounted for nothing. Jesus came into this world to transform lives. And he came in to make a new creation. Corinthians 5, 17 and 18 tells us this. Whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation. The old way of living has disappeared, and a new way of living has come into existence. God has done all of this. He has restored our relationship with Him through Christ and has given us the ministry of restoring relationships. Did you see that? He has given all of us the ministry of restoring relationships. That's very powerful. Oh, no, Pastor, that's your job. No, 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 that's our job. Do you understand? It's not just one person singing. It's all of us singing together. Man, I've always enjoyed a choir. Have you ever heard a powerful choir? Now, I enjoy solos too, but a powerful choir, there is nothing that compares to that. All the voices in harmony. And I see that that's what God wants us as the body of Christ to be. You see, the only thing, though, is in, in today's body of Christ, we focus more on our own ministries than we have about the kingdom of God. So it's sad that as we're seeing more about ourselves than what God wants us to see as the whole body of Christ. The good news is that we can learn from our past. We have today to examine what God has done in our lives. We have today. God gives us opportunities every day. No matter what your past has been, 
because of the Christmas story, because God himself came as an infant, we can have a better future. Do you realize that? That no matter what you've done, God is willing to forgive you. We as Christians should look forward to our future. You see, in the movie, he was scared of the future. But I'm looking forward to my future. Because, man, there are promises that the Word of God has given to me that I'm looking forward to as a believer. As a non-believer, it would scare me. But as a believer in Christ, I have quite a bit to look forward to. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17 tells us this. The Lord will come from heaven with a command, the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First to the dead who believed in Christ will come back to life. Then together with them, we who are still alive will be taken in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And in this way, we will be with the Lord. We will always be with the Lord. You know what that's telling us? That one day Jesus Christ is coming back to this world. And he's taking those who have made that decision to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord. At the heart of this movie, A Christmas Carol, is Scrooge's transformation. And through his encounters, he has had a chance to repent. I know that's not a word we hear much in today's vocabulary. But repent means to turn away from your ways. And to say, God, I would rather die than go back and do that again. We see very little repentance in today's. We see words like modification. Well, I'll modify my behavior. No, there has to come a point where we repent. And say, God, you are king and I am not. Please forgive me. And Lord, if I ever repeat that, take me at that point. Well, Pastor, that's kind of a drastic statement. You know, repentance is kind of a drastic state. So it's important that we understand. Scrooge was changed from a selfish, greedy, and a bitter old man. And he becomes a grateful, generous, and compassionate person. And on that Christmas Eve... He is confronted with the reality of who he was and where he was heading. And he repents and changes his destiny. When you watch this movie, I want you to realize that there's a little bit of Scrooge in all of us. Now that may have offended some of you. Oh, not me. But you know what? Without Christ, we are all selfish, greedy, self-centered people. Now, there are some good people out there without Christ, but when a core comes down to it, they are self-centered, greedy people. And without transformation, without Christ, without repentance, will one day breathe their last breath. Now, I'm not asking you today if you want eternal life. You were born with eternal life. Do you realize? You will live on forever. Where you spend eternity is what I want to address right now with you. Because you have an opportunity to make a decision that will radically change your life. If you are willing to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. See, a lot of times we like to make Him Savior. Man, I like that heaven thing. Man, I want to float around on clouds and shoot arrows and do all that kind of cool stuff. No, no. To get there though, we have to make Christ our Lord. Which means a changing of our heart and submitting to His will, and not just living our life the way we want to live it, but living it saying, God, where are you guiding and directing me today? How can I be a blessing to other people? How can you use me today? 
What a prayer for us to say, God, how could you use me today? Well, we don't want to be used. Yes, we do. We want to use, be used by God to change the world around us. And that one day when we breathe our last breath, that we'll be able to see all of the people that we were able to change lives. Whether it was somebody just standing in line at the grocery store, whether it was a neighbor that we took care of, whether it was an encouraging word when somebody was going through a very difficult time, whether it was a friend that you emailed just something that encouraged their lives, that you made a difference in their life. And that's why God created us. He created us to make a difference in other people's lives. And that starts by first submitting ourselves to Him. I'd like to lead you in a very simple prayer today. And if you say this prayer and you mean it, it will radically change your life. In fact, I'm going to tell you that if you mean this prayer, it's going to ruin you for sin. Because the Holy Spirit's going to become empowered inside of you. And every time you're wanting to do something that you know was wrong, you're not going to enjoy it as much. And the more that you give yourself over to the Holy Spirit, you spend time reading the Word of God. You start worshiping God. Even in the car, you, you get a worship CD and you're saying, you know, I've got a 15-minute commit to, commit, uh, drive to work. And I just want to worship God during that time. You're building the spirit that's within inside of you and becoming stronger. And when you know you're being tested, you just cry out the word Jesus because you will go through tests in this life. And the more that you're submitting to him and seeking him and having conversations with him, there are times now where I go and I'm just asking God questions. Not questions about, God, what about this future? What about this? It's, God, what can I do for you today? God, where are you guiding and directing me that I can have the most impact? Those are interesting kind of questions. Those are the kind of questions I think that God really, really likes. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I'd like to lead you in a very, very simple prayer. And I'd like for everybody to say it, so that if this is the first time you're saying this, or whether you just said, Pastor Mark, I just need a new start. Man, I think I've realized more about Scrooge in my life than I've ever before. And I know that every time I see this movie, I'm going to think about the power of transformation and the power of leaving a legacy and true repentance. Would you all pray this prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me change my life fill me with the Holy Spirit I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior and I am saved Amen now if you said that today is a new day I want you to know that your past was just deleted that God does not see all the filth and the bitterness in your past but he sees a clean slate he sees the potential of who you are right now and the second chance that you have to make a difference in your future. And that's exciting. That's what the story of Christmas is all about. God giving humanity a second chance. And today we took advantage of that. And I hope that every time you see this movie, you will think of the powerful statement that Christ did by coming in a manger and giving us a second chance. Yes, it's a great movie, but now when you see it, you're thinking about what the Holy Spirit has done in your life, the forgiveness that's come into your life, 
the peace, the joy, the legacy that you're living, how God is using you to make a difference. That is powerful. And it will change the way you ever see or watch this story again. I'd like to speak a blessing over you as we dismiss today. So if you all will stand. I have a blessing from the Word of God for you in your life. And may the Lord bless you and protect you. And may the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you His favor and give you His peace. So go in His peace. God bless you. Thanks for coming today. We love you.